this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our study of the book of beginnings, Genesis, with Enosh to Enoch, Methuselah to Noah, corruption increasing, God speaks to Noah, and God's covenant with Noah foretold. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
sanctified us in the true faith.
reading from Malachi chapter 2. And now, O priests, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. You shall, so shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by your instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. And so I make you despised and abased before all the people, inasmuch as you do not keep my ways, but show partiality in your instruction. O Lord, have mercy on us. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, O priests, this command is for you. To whom does Malachi address his word? Well, to the priests, of course. But who are they, now that the temple has not one stone left upon another? Are his words dead words? Do they have nothing to say to us? We have no priests as they did before. No Levites, no Aaronites, no Zadokites. They're all long gone. Their service is ended. The sacrifice is finished. It's possible that Malachi addressed these words to them who are now gone. But then why keep his word? Maybe for historical purposes, we could read Malachi like we do Thucydides or Plutarch. I suppose that may give us some good moral fodder. Learn from their mistakes. Don't let history repeat itself. But what about our Lord's word being living and active? 
Does not our Lord himself speak through Malachi? And if he speaks, does he not speak to us? The Bible is not just history. To be sure, it's not less than history. These things did happen at particular times and places from real lips into real ears. But perhaps it's more than history. Perhaps our Lord still has something in this text for us. The letter to the Hebrews says that all of this is shadow. The temple, the priests, the sacrifice, the law, they're all shadows. They bear the outline like a freehand drawing. They are a model and a copy of the one who is to come. Jesus Christ. He is the true temple. His body was destroyed, and on the third day, he raised the temple again. He is the presence of God with his people. He dwells among the cherubim, and the cross is his footstool and mercy seat. There in him, the sacrifice was accomplished. There the great high priest accomplished once and for all what every shadow only prefigured. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So whether priests before or after, what the priests are to deal with, what they're to speak of, what they're to offer, what they're to hold before the faithful, is and only is Jesus Christ. Malachi's frustration with the priests was our Lord's frustration with the priests. Even after the temple's reconstruction, even after the restart of prophecy, even after again revealing our Lord's gracious will and delivering again his atonement for them, they would not listen. They would not take it to heart or give honor to his name. And if not to his name, then to whose? Or, if we might be so bold as to see our own antitype in their type, to whose name do we give honor in the place of Christ? St. John Chrysostom warns all of us priests of the great temptation before us. He says we should not be much elated by their praise nor much dejected by their censure. That is, what we preach, what we teach, and what we confess by our lives cannot be offered to win the praise of men. The task of the priest is never self-referential. It doesn't have to do with us. We are at best tools, instruments in our Lord's hand, all for the glory of his name and for the salvation of those that he gives under our care. We're not here to make a name for ourselves. We are not given to luxury or comfortable calls. 
we get the portion that our Lord allots. No more, no less. Through Malachi, our Lord warns us of a curse. Should we take the glory to ourselves? Should we take the wealth and the fame and the ease of life, then he will not only cast out what we offer, but he will also wipe the dung of our offerings on our faces and cast us out with the offerings and remove us from his service forever. His covenant is to be a covenant of peace and life. That's how it was in the Old Testament, and that is just as much how it is for us today. But we are rarely given to peace, and life often seems hardly more than an abstraction. In the parish, we posture ourselves to be kings of our own island. In the classroom, we bite and claw to elevate ourselves to see who's the most confessional, the most liturgical, the most dead orthodox. But this covenant of peace and life is also one of fear. Fear, which is the beginning of wisdom. Will we fear him alone? Will we fear him alone and not another or our own ego or whatever the call or placement committee or voters congregation wishes us to say? Aristotle once said that all fear is self-regarding. And that's true as far as our fears tend to go. Like the priests of old, we fear to lose our reputation or our next meal, our livelihood, or power, or control. But the fear of the Lord is different. It's not self-regarding at all, but it regards him and him alone. Such a fear frees us to speak and to teach and to live only as he gives us to speak and to teach and to live. It's a fear that is so fixed on his face, on his favor, on his faithful care for men, that it's willing to sacrifice everything of our own, all of our plans, all of our greatness, all for the sake of remaining with him alone. With the fear of the Lord, we, his priests, are free even to live unfulfilled lives free not to get the call we want or the location we desire, free not to get the grade we thought we ought to have gotten, free to speak not what would advance our own cause, but his. We are free under the fear of the Lord to walk in peace and uprightness and in so doing turn many from their iniquities. Malachi's words are against the priests who lack this fear of the Lord. And so his word are against all priests who lack this fear of the Lord. 
whether priests of the Old Covenant or priests of the New, those that lack the fear of the Lord will find this curse placed upon them. For the lips of the priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord. Again, the priests were but a shadow. They were a type, a copy of our great high priest, Jesus Christ. His lips truly do guard knowledge, and from his mouth we all are to seek instruction. And so in our own order, according to the placement as our Lord has given us, according to his bidding, his will, his choosing, his calling, his sending, then we too are messengers of his word. And so we too are to guard knowledge and to give instruction in the way of the Lord. We are to keep his ways, and we are to warn others from departing therefrom. But above all, dear priests, you are to fear the Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom, and so that is the beginning of freedom and peace and life. That is the covenant that you are given to preach and to teach and to live for the life of the world. So stand in awe of his name and his word and not yours or your name. In so doing, you will find perhaps that Malachi's words, his curse against the priests, are not in fact for you. And thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
merciful and gracious Lord. You cause your word to be proclaimed in every generation. Stir up our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit that we may receive this proclamation with humility and finally be exalted at the coming of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, because of your tender love towards us sinners, you have given us your Son, that believing in him we might have everlasting life. Continue to grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may remain steadfast in this faith to the end, and finally come to life everlasting. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not. Son and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you.